Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. We are live. Sean Dizzle, what is up, my man? Mikey Hizzle, I am flabbergasted, if you will. Well, flabbergasted I, is a very nice word. I'm enraged, honestly. Maybe that's yeah. too harsh. I'm not really enraged. I'm just, I, I'm, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know what? This episode number eight. Welcome everybody to the conversation. Thanks for sitting in with us. And I'm enraged too. I'm enraged too, dude. Go ahead, man. Hit us. Well, so before we get into this shit, here's a little montage that we put together. But honestly, it's not like I had to put it together. It's one clip that actually your wife uh, sent both of us in a Facebook message. Right. And this, like, this is just televangelists at their best. And it's insane. So check it out. Got in the plane that God so graciously gave us. We're flying home. As I was going home, the Lord, real quickly, he said, Jesse, do you like your plane? Now, you know, I thought that's an odd statement. He gave, I said, well, certainly, Lord. He said, do you really like it? And I thought, well, yes, Lord. He said, then he said this. So that's it? I didn't know how to handle that. But I went, what? He said, you're going to let your faith stagnate? Now, when he said that, that shocked me. I went, whoa, wait. I literally unbuckled my seatbelt, my plane. I stood up. My pilots looked right and said, do you need something? I said, no, no, I'm talking to God right now. And he went back to flying. You couldn't have done that on an airline. No, sir. No way. Stand up and say, what'd you say, Lord? No. Okay, no, yeah. And the guy sitting over there saying, what the hell does he think he's doing? <laughs> you can't do you that. You can't do that. No, no. This, this is so important. The world is in such a shape. We can't get there without this. That's right. We've got to have this. We would have the mess that the airlines are in today. I would have to stop. I'm being very conservative. At least 75 to 80, more like 90% of what we're doing. Because you can't get there and from here. It's impossible. That's why we're on that airplane. We can talk to oh, God. Lord we God. Can, we, true. We, it, it, it got to the place where it was agitating his spirit, sure. people coming up to him. He right. had become famous, and they wanted him to pray for him and right. all that. You, you, can't, you, you can't manage that today, right. the, this dope-filled world, right. and get in, an air, get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Right. That's exactly the And it, it's deadly. And, and it works on your heart. It really does. Dude. Fuck. Motherfucking bitch ass fucking whore bag ass motherfucking <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Oh. Dude. Just, this is unbelievable. It's both funny and like so, so disheartening and just makes me want to punch stuff. You know what? No wonder. This generation is leaving the church in groves. Right? Like, or, who or fucking the, cares? Or, or is the word droves? Groves or droves? It's droves. 
Droves. With, with a D. With a D as in dog. Droves. Like dick. As in yeah. the two dicks we just fucking listened to. <laughs> Bro, I'm on it. So if you got kids and you listen to this podcast, you already been heard too many fucking F words. But like, oh, yeah. dude, how can you be, how can they be? I just, I don't, I really don't get it. But let's get into this because we're not, we're not talking about it yet. But like, all right, first, so you got a plane that is a plane that is from donations, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. televangelists had, you know, they they fundraised, basically, and told everyone that God told Jesse DuPlant that they needed a plane that cost, you know, X amount, what? DuPlantis. DuPlantis. He doesn't deserve to get his name right out of my mouth. (laughs) You got it. Anyway. Okay, DuPlant. (laughs) Told this guy... (laughs) Who's on TV and speaks to, I don't even know who watches this shit, but clearly a lot of people because they bought him this massively expensive plane so that they could go and reach the world with the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I, I just... Uh. Like first off, they it so there. I mean, there's been you know there's several videos because they're televangelists, so they're on TV. Oh, dude, just Google their names, right? And you, you know, whatever. So what? What are the correct names? Just so I don't butcher them again. Jesse Duplantis mm-hmm. and Kenneth Copeland. They are considered to be. Church fathers, fathers in the church, fathers in the gospel hmm. uh, these days. They're both in their 70s or late eight, late late stages of life, and they both have been on TV for a very, very long time, majority of my life. As far back as I can remember, both of these guys have been on TV. Yeah, me too. Both, both of these guys have been, you know, preaching the gospel for years. And mm-hmm. both of them have been traveling the world for years. Both of them have multiple planes. Both of them believe God for bigger planes so that they can go further and faster without having to gas up as much. Yeah, I think they have three jet planes for their quote-unquote ministry. Yeah. And now, and now four. But it just seems dude, excessive. Some of bro. the bullshit that they say is like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, flat out calling people on, you know, long tubes, they're demons, really. Yeah, and so everyone's I, I on took dope, some notes. Apparently, I didn't know that. I mean, I fly rather frequently, yeah. and I've never had dope. So fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I took three sticky notes f- full of notes. Did I say that right? Yeah. Two, three, three stickies of notes. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Dope-filled world and a tube full of demons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so we got a dope-filled world and a yeah. tube full of demons. Mm-hmm. But we're going to preach to them once we arrive at the next destination 
Yeah, but the reason we need a plane is because we don't want to be bothered with having to be around these dope-filled demons and yeah. have to pray for them or minister to them on the plane because when we're on our plane that God so graciously gave us because they're so oh. fucking humble all of a sudden. Yeah. That's, yeah, so that's their time to do two things. One is to pray without being talked to unless they talk to you first like it's some kind of fucking Hitler plane. And two, to sleep, because they couldn't do that on a regular tube full of demons that are doped up. <laughs> That's what I got from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so so not only that, no, good God, not only that, they, uh, Kim Copeland is talking, and he's talking about the fact that when he was serving uh, Oral Roberts, which was another big-time preacher, who both of them consider to be their father in the ministry. Mm -hmm. He actually didn't have a plane, by the way. But Mm -hmm. he was somewhat of a celebrity, and he flew uh, commercial, or not commercial, what is it, coach? He flew with the regular folk. He flew with the the demons, but he said that there's... It was times where basically they weren't allowed to talk to him unless he talked to them first, right? But the point of it was that it protects the anointing. Like that that's a quote, protects the anointing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I if their anointing needs to be protected, then they're not anointed. <laughs> because the fact is is okay so let's get deep for a second i don't know Basically, if this is satisfyingly deep not exactly but 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 a, a little bit of history here from 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 the mind of an introvert all right the anointing oil the oil that they used on farms for sheep they would put oil in the eyes and the ears of sheep to protect them from flies that would land on them to lay eggs. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this is just a straight-up natural remedy that they would do for for oil. And in Scripture, anointing is always considered or, or spoken of in the aspect of oil. Okay? So, so within Scripture, when you study the Holy Bible... There are a lot of physical things that express spiritual things because you try to make sense out of it, right? You try to make sense of the spiritual things, so you you kind of equate them equate them to things that are natural. Well, the anointing in Scripture has always been affiliated with oil, specifically olive oil. And the oil that they would use on sheep or a shepherd, like Jesus, the good shepherd, would use on the sheep sheep being us who are his followers, he will put it in their eyes and in their ears to protect them from flies, which was historically uh, associated with demons, the air quotes, Lord of flies. Okay. The minions of the devil flies are demons, right? I hate them. So, so the, the, the oil 
protected the sheep from the flies that will try to lay eggs in the sheep. Okay? So look mm-hmm. at that in a spiritual sense. The anointing was the protection. <clears throat> they're like, we need protection for the anointing, <laughs> is what they're saying. We need to protect <laughs> the anointing. Wait a second. <laughs> Scripture says that the anointing is what protects. What are you Michael, talking about, dude? Michael, we don't read the Bible, okay? We just listen to what they <laughs> oh say. Oh, my God. Because God talks to them on their fucking massive plane that they needed to buy. Dude, we don't I... need to question mm. them. Dude, that's so annoying. I get so tired of Christians talking about the anointing. I get so tired of Christians talking about their... The, the church talking about what it takes to go and what it takes to do. It's mm-hmm. really, really getting annoying, bro. The dope-filled world? Are you kidding me? The world is full of dope. How about yeah, the world is full of people? How about all, that? We're all well, yeah. It's full of people, but we're on. We're all on dope. <laughs> so it's easier just to say that we're, you know, we're dope. You people. know what it is? It's a it's a straight up, flat out inferiority complex that these knuckleheads have and I, I can't even think of a word more derogatory than knucklehead right now give me a word sean pompous misleading pharisees there you go all of that it's all it, it's all their pride and inferiority complex that they're so much better than everybody else that they need all this extra shit in order to do what god has called them to do and then you got the lowly person that's walking down the street who sees somebody that is hungry, that really wants to to eat, and they're begging for food, and they give them a banana. And they did just as much of the work of the Lord as homeboy in his three jets flying halfway across the world to preach the quote-unquote gospel. Probably more. Probably more. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, you know, the... Like, God's word, even if it falls on deaf ears, is God's word. And, you know, if if rocks cry out, the word's going to be spoken, and God's going to, you know, be revealed to people. So, like, if God can use an ass, God can use these idiots for sure. However, <laughs> you know, like watching that video, I watched it a couple times, obviously, because I was editing it for that montage at the beginning. Yes. But like, Which was awesome, by the way. I got to commend you. That was pretty sweet. Thanks, man. It's like I edit video all the time, so it's nothing to do that. Anyway, like <clears throat> just, you know, hearing it enough times for it to really like. You know, if you watch it, like, one time, you're probably like, oh, wow, those guys are idiots. But the more you watch it, it's like, no, I really think, you know, because, so if you watch something once, you might miss a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? Sure. A picture's worth a thousand words. I mean, how much, you know, how many words are in a video? You know what I'm saying? So, like. Yeah. You really need to rewatch certain. I mean, that's why like people watch movies over and over and over, and you find like, oh my god, I never realized that part, or oh, I never saw that, or oh my gosh, like that totally makes sense now because of this. 
And you wouldn't have caught it if you just watched it the first time. You know what I'm saying? So having digested that video about four or five times, it's like, it it just, I mean, at first I was like, these guys are fucking assholes. And then I was like, these guys are really, really fucking assholes. And then I was no like. No doubt about it. No doubt the, about it. This is just sad. Like. It is. It, and it's sad for two main reasons. One, woe to them. The Bible speaks very clearly. If you know what's right and you do not do it, you'll be judged. You don't do if it. you know what's yeah. right and you do not do it and you mislead other people, like double woe for you, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they're in a position where, you know, people who believe this stuff and eat it up and sow into their ministry, air quotes, like, woe to them, man. That's like, that's some deep shit, you know? No doubt about it. And you better be fucking glad that I'm not God, because good Lord. Yeah, we, we covered then, that. You'd the, kill them all. The second, yeah, in the last episode, <laughs> the Gospel of Sean, make fucking robots. <laughs> so the second thing is the people that, like, buy into this, I mean, I highly doubt they're sitting around saying, hmm, how can I be bamboozled today? How can I be taken advantage of? What lie can I believe? What can I throw my money into? Like, these right. are people are like, probably, I mean, a majority of them have to be, like, just making it. And they're living on the, the promise that, you know, the prosperity gospel and all this bullshit about if you sow into this ministry and you give a thousand dollars today, you will see it tenfold in three months. And then right. people are like, I don't have a thousand dollars, but I'll give it because God's going to honor it. Like, that's just sad. God yeah, also you know gave you a brain. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why you're listening to these assholes who have three fucking planes already and just like even them asking for the money for this plane was like you can't watch that and actually believe that they need this money like there's right. no way in hell and people do and it's like like honestly i'm bad mouthing them yes do they deserve it oh yes should oh, i be a better oh. christian and not do it yes Am I doing that? No. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's sad for them because it, it's horrible. And it's not just horrible. It's double horrible because they're misleading other people. And two, the people that they're misleading, it's just like, come on. Right. It's sad. It's saddening. Right. You know? The, the, very, peop the very people that are suffering from that type of ministry... Are the people that actually should be being helped most yes. of the time? There's a whole lot of widows and uh, old people that give a huge portion of their checks, their monthly retirement checks, or whatever the case may be, to these religious organizations like this. Why, number one, they're sitting at home all day and they've got nothing else to do, right? So, what are they doing? They're watching TV. You know, the Catholic guilt kicks in, so they're watching religious television. 
they see this little charismatic, short, white-haired guy, southern accent, very trustworthy, very clean-shaven, looks real good, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, let's throw right, them a couple. they're on TV, you know. They're doing something right because they're doing because they're on TV. No doubt God about it. God has blessed them already. God has blessed them because a whole bunch of people are are living longer these days, and they got a little money these days, and they're giving it away. And listen, I I am not one that will come on the air and say, you know, stop giving to religious organizations because some of them do very very good work. Mm-hmm. I would argue, though, a better use of your money and your time would probably be to something that's local, not something that, not not some jackass who was flying away to to uh, you know Afghanistan to do some ministry. <laughs> but how about how about the let's talk about the stuff that's going on in your own backyard? You know what I'm saying? Like I live in I I live just outside of Detroit. And coming mm-hmm. off the freeway, there's people on the roads the whole time, every single day, all day long. They're right there. As soon as you get off the freeway, they got their signs. We need food, we need money, we need this, we need that. And a lot of times, there's a whole lot of scams out there. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. And there's churches less than 100 yards away from that intersection. Three of them, to be exact. And I'm all for it, right? The churches are there. More power to you. You're ministering to the community. More power to you. That's perfect. But you know what? Before I give my money to Jesse Duplantis... Or Kenneth Copeland. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy some fucking apples. And some oranges and some bananas. And I'm going to freaking give them away when I get off the freeway. You know what I'm saying? To feed the people that are in my backyard. That I know are hungry. At least they're saying they're hungry. But it doesn't matter. They want food. They want money. I'm going to give them food before I give them money. Mm-hmm. I'll take my money. And I'll buy some bananas and I'll give somebody some bananas that are on the side of the road. Bro, you need some protein? Here's a bag of nuts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to mm-hmm. help what's in my backyard first before I go help somebody get a new fucking plane. Get out of here, Joe. Get out of here. Get out of here, man. Yeah. That's some hogwash. <clears throat> I don't care who you are. I don't care if it was me or you or our parents or somebody else, I don't give a shit. You don't need a plane. Well, just to, to spread off, the gospel. You don't need a plane. You they don't need well, well, already you don't, that they have three of them. Right. You don't need three planes plus one. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. How much how much further could your money go if instead of you buying a plane you just flew first class. You know how many ministers and pastors there are out there that go out, they travel from state to state or from country to country, and they preach the gospel, and they wish that they could just fly fucking coach? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, not not coach. I mean, first class. They yeah. wish that they could just fly first class just so they can stretch their legs out so they're not so exhausted when they get to their destination and have to preach 
and have to do, you know, five, six days of a conference and and be on point for five or six days straight. You know how hard it is to be on for five days straight? It's difficult, bro. It's very difficult. I mean, you've done it. I've done it. We've done youth conferences. We've done camps where you have to be on all the time, where people are constantly coming to you saying, hey, we need prayer, or, or hey, we're going through this, or I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that, and you have to be on, right? The second you come out of your cabin, if you're at a camp, the second you come out of your cabin, you're on ministry duty, dude. Like, the stuff needs to be done. People need to be talked to. People need to be prayed for. People need to be loved on. That's hard well, to do. That's, that's the thing, <clears throat> you know? though, man. I don't, I don't know that they actually really do any real ministry. I mean, they went bingo so far to say that because of how the, uh, what did they say, the, trans- the airport transportation is and flights are, that and they said <laughs> and uh he said and i'm being conservative i would say we couldn't do 75 90. or 80 actually i would say 90 percent <laughs> of what we do so being conservative they cannot do 90 percent of their quote-unquote ministry unless they have this fucking plane right like Con- conservatively speaking, what ministry are you really doing, bro? I mean, yeah. really. The yeah. there's another bit where he's saying in five or six nights he was in five or six different cities. Right, I saw that. Yes, I mean, who yes. am I? At, so on something like that, who am I to judge? Okay, right. But it would just seem to me. Like, did God really give you something so fucking revolutionary that's not already in the Bible that you need to go five and six nights a week to different cities to say? Right. I, I I have I struggle with that very deeply. You're you're on one right now, bro. You're on are, one right now. You're absolutely are you, right. Are you Jesus Christ two point and you just have to go fucking everywhere? And say the same thing because <laughs> it's so you know people don't need to hear the that they need to the Bible they need to hear what I what God gave me when I was in my plane that's what they there need to go. hear. There you go. I don't you're think not, so. Now, you're hitting it, bro. You're hitting it, bro. I, I mean, I really don't think. Yeah. Unless you're a John Smith, like God gave you some revelation that no one else has. I don't think so, man. Like, that's bullshit. And I can say that that's bullshit because the Bible itself says to, uh, what does it say? Shit. I just lost my momentum. But, like, basically, you can't believe everything you hear. What am I thinking of? Paul said it. In, In the last days, they will have itching ears. Yeah. That's what you're thinking of. And they will they will be carried away with every wind of doctrine. Right? I don't think that's and it. That, that's not what you're thinking no, of. I'm thinking <laughs> about like, like basically test everything. Oh, yeah. But don't believe everything. And yeah. if it doesn't stand up to the test, 
then basically screw it. Yeah. I'll cut that part out because it sounds like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, you're not telling me Jesus Christ and the, or the Holy Spirit gave you something that trumps the word of God. Sure. And you now have to go everywhere as quick as you can and spread that. No, 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 bro. You are not right. Jesus Christ. No right. one needs to hear your fucking old ass say anything. No, no doubt about it. I mean, that's just how it is. Like, take a fucking seat, you pharisaical bitch-ass fucking cunt, and realize, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know. Like, are you really even saved? That's my thing. Sure. And again, sure. that's me in the flesh trying to, like, judge people, and I know I shouldn't, and it's something that I'm struggling with for everyone to hear, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> I really struggle with like, are you? Do you really know Jesus? Because if you sure. did, I don't think you'd say like a a tenth of what you're saying, right? And you wouldn't right. lead people to believe a tenth of what you're saying right. if you truly knew Christ and His Word. Now I guarantee you, they're sitting right across from me. They could spend the gospel any way they want, brother. It's the, <laughs> this is a demon full of dope who rode here on a tube full of other demon dopes coming into my house, <laughs> coming against what Lord has ordained. Nah, bitch. We ain't buying that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, how, how, about, uh, how about the scripture that, that tells you to test everything? Test the truth, but hold fast to that which is good. Don't believe every doctrine and be carried away with every wind of doctrine. Yes. Right? That's a little bit more along the lines of what you're trying to say. The hidden that, irony is the wind of doctrine and they're <laughs> on a plane. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing, bro. They are living off of the gospel, which is not necessarily a a, a, a bad thing, right? Uh, you know, scripture talks about, you know, an, an elder that's actually truly worthy should be worthy of double honor, right? Like, like we should take care of the people that live off the gospel, and that's the only thing they do is preach the gospel. And so they should be able to make a living a little bit off of that. Not being greedy at all, of course, but that if you get to a point where you can, uh, you know, sustain yourself off of that, more power to you. And I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem with modesty. I think this is one thing that that the uh, Catholic Church, the Episcopalian Church, they have correct. I think that's one thing they have right. Not saying mm. that they're all wrong, all right? But that there's one thing that they have correct that you can truly, you know, take care of your your pastors, your your priests, your fathers, whatever you want to call them, and give them a modest living. And then when they retire, they can have a decent life, right? I'm all fine with that. That's decency. That's modesty. But when you have three planes, bro, you got three planes. And a fourth that God has graced you with, air quotes. I think that's a little bit excessive or excessive, whatever, however you say. But here's another thing that bugged me. They said that they were in the the air quotes soul business. 
<laughs> what does that mean? Are you selling souls? Are you giving discounts on souls? What do you mean you're in the soul business? Who talks like that? Who who talks like that? Who says they're in the soul business? The fucking guy who was who who was the host of Soul Train, he never said he was in the soul business. Peace, love, peace, love and soul, right? There was no soul business. This dude is saying he's in the soul business. They're in the soul business. And I'm sorry. You can obey Jesus Christ and live as a Christian, a disciple of Jesus Christ, and not be this fucking weird. You don't have to be this weird. You don't have to be so fucking stuck up and so full of yourself that you feel like you need four planes in order to fulfill the call of God on your life. Okay? Not to mention the fact that when you're going to these other countries, at least from my experience of watching these guys on television, you're not doing too much preaching of the gospel. You're actually on TV in other churches, which means that your primary audience is actually Christians. And if your primary audience is actual Christians, then you're not preaching the gospel. <laughs> I don't even know if my mic is peaking or not right now. I hope that I'm not yelling too much in the mic, but but oh, seriously, mine, dude. Mine has peaked most of this. Okay. But my, mine point, is not showing any peak right now. You're a shepherd. You're a pastor. That's fine. Right. Go be a fucking pastor. Pastors are different from evangelists. You're yeah, a TV bro. evangelist, a televangelist. Bro, they had to create a fucking name for you. <laughs> sure. But even if you were a pastor, if you're in a different state every single night of the week, then you are not a pastor. Exactly. You're you're not you're not leading your sheep. You're not only is your congregation missing you as a shepherd, but the community in which you live in is missing you as a shepherd. You know what I'm saying? Like the the neighborhood that you live in, nobody is is able to actually touch you or be impacted by you because you're not there. You're in a different city in a different state every different every night of the week because God has graced you with this plane. And I'm sorry, if you're going church to church, to church, you're not preaching the gospel, dude. You're at churches. Yeah, no, Michael, I can appreciate they, you. They raised up errands, okay? So their <laughs> errands are back home taking care of the flock. And yeah. the, the mysterious revelations that are so important that they need to go to all these other places to tell... Oh yeah, they have they have to go and do that, Michael. I mean, oh yeah, who are you to question I get it. that? I get it. I get you it. You don't I understand because hmm. God doesn't talk to you the same way. I tell you what, I've been in church all my life, my entire life up to the last few years. Since then, me and Sean have been killing it, and we're just like. What's the saying, Sean? 
The church is not a building. The church is not the building. Church is right? people. The church is the people. Screw the building. We're the unchurched. Oh yeah, we are. Because so, the fact is, and and it only took us eight episodes to get to a topic like this, and that's okay. But the fact is, is that the church is not about going to a physical building. Loving Jesus is not about going to a physical building. As a matter of fact, if you really want to get technical and theology, uh, theological, damn it, I shouldn't have made fun of you last episode when you were trying to say, <laughs> when you, what's that word you were trying to say? It all comes back around. <laughs> What were you trying to say? You were trying to say something about successful people. Celebridom. That's what you're trying to say. Celebrityhood. I remember. Whatever it was. That was funny. So, if you want to get theological, at least I know the word without looking it up on Google. Whatever, douche. Uh, (laughs) the, The bottom line is, is that when Jesus stepped on the scene, one of the reasons why he was so hated was because he was like anti-building. He was just like, you know, yeah, I'll go to the building and I'll read the the Torah and I'll do the thing that's traditional to us Jews being able to do. But the fact of the matter is that the the legitimate lifestyle of a follower of God, a child of God, actually exists outside of the four walls of the church. Okay, so the majority, the 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 ninety percent of his ministry happened outside of the doors of the church, and 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 unfortunately today we have so many people that are living off of the church, not living off the gospel. They're living off the church in such a way that they are unable to distinguish between the two. They're unable to say, you know what. My job as a minister, which means servant, not preacher, a minister, my job as a minister is actually to uh, to actually go out and and take care of the widow and the hungry and the naked and the poor and those that are without and those that have loss and those that have anxiety and those that have fear and those that have trauma like are are to to be a Christian means to be a light in the world of darkness. I'm not going to say that th- this is a dope-filled world. But <laughs> as from a Christian perspective, I'll say that the world is full of darkness. And if we are to be like God, we need to understand that in the beginning of the book, God looked at the earth and he said that it was dark and it was void. And the first thing he said was, let there be light. And if you want to be like God in this earth as a Christian, your focus should be, your focus should be, how can I be a light in this dark world? Do that is satisfyingly deep. It's enough Christians out there that are trying to buy planes, that are trying to buy bigger buildings and all of this stuff, and and spend other people's money to get what they need. And I get it, I understand it, and people in business have been doing it from the beginning of time. 
I understand that. But if we're going to be Christians, we need to understand what that means. We are followers of Christ trying to be like the Father. The thing about Christ, the thing about Jesus that was so special is the fact that he said that I do nothing but except for what I have seen my Father do. That's what Jesus said. He said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm on this earth. I see people hungry. I'm going to feed them because that's what the Father does. People are naked. I'm going to give them clothes because that's what the Father does. People are sick. I'm going to heal them because that's what the Father does. Okay? It was always others focused instead of us focused. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Four jets is you focused, not people focused. Yep. Well, and two, they said, I mean, I I can't help but, you know, go back to the, we're in the soul business. Well, first off, I I mean, you shouldn't be in any business when you're talking about ministry. Like, that's that's one big thing I have against uh, American society church today is, like, most churches are a business, and they run it like a business. Well, what's the goal of a business? Profit. To make money. To make money. So why have we diminished and completely raped, to be honest with you, the gospel and Christianity and following Christ literally to make a profit? And I don't care if maybe, you know, maybe the profit is just to keep the building sustained, right? There's nothing really wrong with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. But if that's your main goal, I feel like you're missing the mark. Like, you know, if you're anointed, you don't have to protect yourself for the anointed. Okay. Well, if you're right. called to do it, like run a, a a church that has a building with bills and paid staff, you don't have to worry about that because God right. will sustain it. Because here it comes, everyone. He's fucking God. <laughs> like, do we do we forget? Yeah. Like, last I checked, there's a being who literally, from his words. Shit fucking happens. There was no light. What did he do? Did he go work to make light? No. He said, let there be light. And boom, there was light. It's the first thing he did. So you're telling me that this God, our creator, the, the, the one who literally my faith is pivoting on, wants me... To preach to people, but I have to run it like a business because he's not big enough to sustain that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't get behind that. I really can't. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Like, it's pushed me to be kind of anti-church because who needs the lights? Yeah. Who needs the sound system? Who needs the, the air condition? Who needs the fucking, you know, paid staff to like, who needs a connections pastor? I mean, for Christ's sake, we need a fucking connections pastor? Really? Like, am I just Stone Age in the 2018, you know, (laughs) year that, like, 
We have to <laughs> create names for people to be on staff uh, at churches. We're literally creating positions. I yes, that's exactly what we're doing. Can be Jesus to anyone and everyone that I encounter. And I work yes. for myself. Yes. And I pay my yes. own bills because I work yes. for myself. Imagine I, I just, if pastors were only those who were able to take care of their families and take care of a building and have people and invite them to actually be Christians together. Okay. Imagine if that was possible. Do you think the Christian church will look completely different than what it looks like today? Like, seriously. Let's say, okay, you, 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 um, you get people together, you guys come together at your kitchen table, mm-hmm. you grow it to 12 people, and you decide that, hey, listen, uh, we're getting a little bit too big of a group for my 1,500 square foot house, 1,200 square foot house. How about we put our money together and we get a bigger location? Or we go to somebody else's house that's bigger. And then you grow out of that house. And you grow into a building that's a little bit bigger. And grow to something else a little bit bigger. Right? <laughs> and then you keep growing and you keep growing. And you keep growing and you keep growing. See, for me, at some point, though, I <clears throat> I feel like you lose... Well, you definitely lose intimacy. And... You, Maybe you lose some character and relationship with everyone who's a group that's growing and growing and growing because that, I mean, that's why we have mega churches. That's why we have any church that's a four walled building that has to pay lights and a pastor and, you know, custodians get toilet paper and all this shit. Like, my, my it question can get out is, of hand. like, at some, isn't the whole big church thing kind of misconstrued and like maybe there's a different way to do it and like like i'm huge on the whole small group thing yeah because now you have like little intimate communities and you can actually like talk and know people but you go to a mega church or even a big church like not even a mega church someone who's running 800 people yeah and i go every week and then for you know Let's say for seven months, I'm there every Sunday. And then I miss a Sunday. Are they going to know? Eh. No. And does it matter? No. <laughs> I mean, what's the point? Like when you're running a thousand people or more, I mean, even if you're running like, I mean, 80 people or more, like, can you really keep track of 80 people personally in your life? Oh, dude, I, I can't. I don't even have that so many people in my need, immediate now family. Now we need a team, right? Now we need a connections pastor who keeps us all connected, but who only deals with other leaders in the small groups. So now we have a trickle down thing and like a, you know, a graph here where we have someone at the top, you have a board of elders, you know, let's say five elders, and then underneath that you've got, you know, 12 leaders. And then those 12 leaders have, you know, uh, part-time 
you know, helpers, which, so let's say, you know, there's 15 of them. And then under that, we've got small groups. And then under that, we've got, you know, 200 people. So it's like, do you really think the, even, you know, three levels up, do you think those people interact a whole lot with the 200 people that are coming to your building or organization? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just naturally not like a thing. You know what it, I'm saying? It sounds like a, then, a, a pyramid scheme, doesn't it? Sort of, but then you think like, okay, well, I mean, I'm going to be my own devil's advocate. Jesus spoke to thousands of people, hundreds of people on a mountainside or in a field or in a synagogue, you know? But he didn't take an offering. No. And he was also Jesus Christ. I mean, he, <laughs> he was the perfect one himself. Yeah. So none of us are him, and there's that whole thing. But And, again, I'm not saying I have the answers. Like, no one should ever listen to me and say, oh, he thinks he knows he's got it all down. I don't have it all down. I'm questioning. And when I see things that don't make sense with the gospel, I want to question them. Yeah. And I want to figure out how to come to... uh some working agreement or way that like makes sense biblically and in our society that like we don't need planes. I don't know that we necessarily need mega churches. I don't think we even necessarily need to go to church every Sunday anywhere, <laughs> but I do strongly believe I do strongly uh, believe we need we need to be around people of like mind faith. We need a checks and balances and someone to be like, hey man, like I know you enough that uh I'm seeing you slip here and you know, are you are you kind of struggling? Like I can help you maybe, or how can I help? Like there needs to be something, like some communal thing, obviously, but like mega churches and televangelists and money and business. Does it belong in the gospel? Yeah. Because in America, it clearly can't work without it. And I'm yeah. being facetious. But, like, yeah, dude, it's just, it's disheartening. And it angers me. And I'm, I, you yeah. know. It is frustrating. You know, my wife has a master's degree in nonprofit management. And most churches that I know of, um, are are set up as a 501c3 nonprofit status with yep. the government, right? Even if they don't live like it or even if they don't operate like it, that's typically what they are set up in their legally, you know, when you legally set up a church. Mm -hmm. I still will say even if you are a 501c3, which which the bylaws say that basically the money that comes into your nonprofit Actually, money in should be money out, right? Like, so everything should be a, a line item. There shouldn't be a bunch of extra money that isn't accounted for to actually supply a need anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, there shouldn't be an extra $25,000 at the end of a month or at the, end of, at the end of the year for a nonprofit organization that they didn't do anything with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, not only is that legal, but... That's ethical, right? It's, it's an ethical thing. 
like if you're a nonprofit, uh, a soup kitchen that you get donations so that you can feed the, the homeless and the poor on your balance sheet, it should show the fact that, hey, the money really did go to providing soup for people that were hungry because you're a soup kitchen. <laughs> if sure. if that money is going towards the Mercedes for the fucking guy who started the nonprofit organization. So he can deliver the so soup. So that he can deliver soup in other neighborhoods other than the one that his soup kitchen resides in. Mm-hmm. I think you have a problem, bro. I think that's an issue. And I think that's something that is not ethical. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't have a mega church. I don't have a church at all. We are the unchurched. I'm glad you do. I don't, I don't, if you had a mega church, I, I don't know that I would associate yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, though. But, but you get my point. It's like, you're a nonprofit maybe organization. Again, maybe I would. I could go for a private jet. <laughs> I fly you. I I fly you to uh to Vegas, and let you. Oh yeah, I, well, because I mean, how many dope demons are in Vegas? Oh, I mean, you, know, you need to fly me there so I can minister to them all. There, there's more demons in New Orleans, according to a lot of pastors. A few years ago, when uh, Katrina hit. It was, remember, a lot of pastors went on the TV, the, the televangelists went on and said, this was God's judgment for all of the witchcraft and voodoo that was going around in the South and uh, New yeah. Orleans and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I love Man, people I- and I love the church of Jesus Christ. I really do. I love the Church of of Jesus Christ. I believe I am a part of the Church of Jesus Christ. I believe Sean, you are a church. Mm-hmm. You are a part of the Church of Jesus Christ. We all make up the body, and so therefore we yep. need to love everybody. We need to love people, and on and on and on. My problem is at the end of the day, if you're up at the top, and you're saying some stupid shit. I'm going to call you out on it because I don't appreciate stupid shit when it comes down to the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, because I don't want to be associated personally. I don't want to be associated with something that is hoopla, that is hogwash, that is so spooky, spiritual and so abnormal that you sound like a lunatic. And so that when people hear you and they say you're a Christian, uh, and then they look at me and they say, hey, Mike's a Christian. Maybe he's just as crazy as that person. I don't want to be associated with that shit. Okay? I don't either. Because the fact is, you know what? I I love God. I love Jesus Christ. I love my, my brothers and my sisters and my family and my wife and, and, and her fucking family. I, I, I love everybody. <laughs> I love everybody. Everybody gets love from Mike Hines, okay? But when it comes down to craziness, you're going to sit there and you're going to you're going to act crazy and 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 defame the name of Jesus Christ and you're going to associate the name of Jesus Christ with your greed, with your 
you being honorary and prideful and cocky and detestable, you're going to associate the name of Jesus Christ with that? I don't want any part of that shit, okay? Because at the end of the day, I'm good with the dude on the corner needs a banana. I'm going to give him a fucking banana. I'm going to give him an apple. I'm going to give him some food. If I had lunch that day at work and I'm coming home with leftovers, I'm going to give him that. I'm going to feed him. I'm going to give clothes away to those who are naked. Because the fact is, is that at the end of life, Jesus preached this message. And he said, he he gave the parable of the one that was naked and didn't get any clothes. Hungry, didn't get any food. Okay. Um, And one more thing I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But they said, yeah, we love you. And he said, well, did you feed me when I was hungry? Did you clothe me when I was naked? Did you comfort me when I was mourning? And if the answer is no, if you didn't do it to the least of these, then you didn't do it for me. That's what Jesus had to say. And that was his message. That was part of, that was a major part of his message. If you couldn't do this for the least of these, the smallest of these, the children, the people that have no control over anything, if you can't do it for them, how can you do it for me? You're not really loving me if you're not loving your brother or your sister. You're not really loving me if you're not loving your enemies, the people that piss you off, the people that, that hurt you, the people that betray you. If you, if, you, if you can't do it for them, then you really can't do it for me. And I'm sorry, if, you're, if you got four jets and you're just going, oops, I'm sorry, that was a lot of interference. If you got four jets... And you're just going from church to church. I married an Italian, and I, and as a result, I talk with my hands for some stupid reason. <laughs> Black people don't talk with their hands like that. But all right, if you can't, if you can't, if you're going in a private jet in four different private jets, and you're just going from church to church to church to church, then who exactly is hearing the gospel? Yeah, if you're just going from church to church and you're obviously just going from church to church because you have to fly in a private jet because the commercial jets are full of demons are tubes, quote unquote, tubes full of demons. <laughs> and you you don't want to fly like Delta or American <laughs> Airlines because you have to air quotes protect the anointing then i'm sorry i have a hard time believing that anybody is actually hearing the gospel of jesus christ all that being said i mean yeah i don't know what they are hearing but all that being said i think we can finally cue the music and really get satisfyingly deep here we go if you really want to hear the gospel, and I've preached this forever, the gospel is defined in one place and one place only, like legitimately defined in scripture. 
And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. And I'm going to read it real quick, and then I'll be done. Because I've been on the soapbox for a minute. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. So he's telling you, look, this is what the gospel is. I've preached this to you, you've received it, and you're actually standing on this truth. Okay? <laughs> Not only are you standing on this truth, as in you're, you're being sustained by it, but it's actually what saves you. Not your perfect performance, not all of this shit that we do that's good, but your belief in the gospel. That's why I believe that they're not really preaching it. He says, by which you're saved. If you keep it in memory. He says, I've delivered to you, first of all, I've received it first, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That's number one. Number two, that he was buried. And number three, that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he was seen, or, or, or that he that was buried, rose again, and that on the third day, he, uh, he rose again, according to the scriptures. And, and then it goes again. It tells, verse five, it shows who he was seen by. Cephas first, who was actually Peter. And then 500 brethren at once not including their wives and their children. Like, that's the true gospel. The true gospel is is Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, he rose again three days later. That's what the gospel is about. You don't necessarily have to have four jets to actually declare (laughs) what the gospel is. Look, I I drive a 2015 Silverado. (laughs) My... My wife drives a 2015 uh, GMC Terrain. I don't have a private mm-hmm. jet. I work for a living for General Motors. I don't have all this shit, okay? But I can declare what the gospel is according to scripture and be broke as a skunk at the end of the day. I don't mind. Whatever. The amount of money I have doesn't matter. Okay, I don't need four jets to declare what the gospel is. Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection, and faith in that message is what causes us to be saved, causes us to be sustained in our salvation, and causes our salvation to be fulfilled at the end of our days. That's what the scripture says. Mm. Boom. That's it. Real quick. Yeah. Before we wrap this joker up. If you don't already, follow us on SoundCloud. Go ahead and do it. For you uh, iPhone users, I know there's more of you. Subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. Leave us a freaking review. All right. Tell us how we're doing. Uh, Because one day we want to buy jets and go, you know. Be called to <laughs> evade the. Uh, <laughs> we need to evade the dope-filled demons uh, in the long tubes with wings. Yeah. Oh, good lord! All right. Well, on the way out, we're gonna leave you with uh, a second half of the the televangelist montage. So here it comes. Enjoy. Be blessed. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
Bye. Peace. Peace. I wanted to make that clear so the devil can't lie to you and say, see there, them preachers spending all that money just, just fat cats riding around. No, we're not. We're in business to do Listen, I could scratch my flying itch with my little single engine open cockpit airplane. Right. I just come home, fly around in that, and scratch my flying itch. That doesn't have nothing to do with that. But right. we're in we're in we're in soul business here. Right. We, we got a dying world around us. Just, we got a dying nation around us. That's right. And we can't even get there on the airplane. You, can, you can't. Some people say, why do you need an airplane? It started out about a couple of weeks ago. I, I was in Fort Worth. I preached on a, a Sunday, a Friday night and a Saturday. I was in Fort Worth preaching for Jerry Savelle. Sunday morning, I was in Boston, Massachusetts. Monday, I was in New Orleans. Tuesday, I was in Chicago. Wednesday, I was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thursday, I was in New Orleans. Friday, I was in San Antonio, Texas. Saturday, I was in New Orleans. Sunday, I was in another city. I actually have a Delta captain that lives close to my house. I brought him that schedule. I said, can you fly this? He said, no, and I wouldn't. If <laughs> when do you sleep? We're about the farthest on the airplane. On the airplane's the only way I can grab it, see.